How, what are the names that you've heard for the names proposed for this team? Well, San Diego Armada is one of them. Oh, I've heard that. The Admirals. Mm-hmm. San Diego Soccer Club. Mm-hmm. San Diego Eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody came up with a cool uniform concept. It's like basically the Padres. Yeah. Brown and brown and gold. Yeah, I saw that. That was the San Diego Armada, which yeah. that's kind of cool. It looked cool, and um, and then of course, did you see the one that the one that had the like ballast point? Yeah, stone yeah. and all that. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, San Diego Football Club is one I heard. Mm, SDFC, um, SD United, I think I heard SD Eleven. <laughs> SD United. What was uh, the What was the team? Um, I was. I'd been br uh, me br and, and and Ryan were talking about um we're we're talking about this um mm-hmm. and let me see if I could find it what was there like there's been teams in the MLS who basically just completely rip off oh well like like Chivas USA you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so we were saying like oh yeah well we might as well just name our team like Real Barca United um, <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> That's it. Um, do you like any of those names? Any of the ones that have been proposed? Uh, I can't really. Like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm super, super, super like impartial to the or super down for the San Diego Football Club. Oh, oh, right. but but as, so aside, I, I, I really like that idea too. Of just, um, just no, I, I don't. No, I don't. I don't like Admirals was one of them. Um, yeah, I'm looking. I'm scrolling here. Um, I've heard mission, mission. Yeah, which is like, I kind of like that sort of like a bit. At the same time, like, do we want to, like, do we want to keep going hard at this? Like, you know, we have the Padres and the mission. Right. Like, um, right. do, should should we switch it up a bit? Like, is San Diego's about a little more than just, or and, you know, is it at the, at this point is it cliche to just keep going with that whole you know that whole theme? Right. So I mean, um, uh. San Diego Athletic Club. That sounds like a yacht club. <laughs> Fucking, um, you know, everyone's like peeing and creaming in their pants because of Sacramento Republic FC. You know, they're like really like, oh, it's so cool. And I think like the more you try to, I, I get the, the paying homage to the European clubs and I, th- I think that's really cool. But I say fuck it. Yeah. Fuck all that no, shit. No way. Fuck no. all that shit. You know, like United and 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 et cetera. It's, I'm like I that, that is that is from another fucking era. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like how sick is America? America. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Talk about a, a uh, talk about a brand that a national a, re- a, a continental brand. Yeah, America, bro. Just fucking say America. Um, Chivas is pretty fucking. You know, Boca Junior. You know what I'm saying? Like the fucking juniors, the little the little rascals from from La Boca. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think I think that's really cool. You know, like I I don't know. Like I love the I love the 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 in Mexico they still like a lot of the newer teams really couldn't get couldn't get away from it. But you know, <clears throat> like their stadiums were named after stadiums in Europe, which I think yeah. is really funny. Camp Nou, Bombonera, yeah. Yeah, I I would hope we yeah I agree I hope we completely go do not um what 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 is called pay homage but is probably more so just like ripping off um 
what what's already been established um you know the 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 young the the kids that the soccer club uh mm-hmm. like the soccer league the nomads mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which marcelo balboa came out of right you know and, and then going back to your your idea that you know huh, i wonder if, if we if we just go uh start building from the nomads and mm-hmm. and make that you know, and what if that ends up to become what that ends up becoming the the, the professional team, you know, the San Diego, and just the idea of nomads. It's kind of cool in that you know, San Diego is is a city of nomads to a degree. Like it's everyone, yeah. whether it be transplants from the Midwest, transplants that join the military, or see or, now you're getting at something. Or, That's go ahead. Yeah, exactly that, or or you know who I call the number one gentrifiers in America, Mexicans. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they um San Diego is a city of but if not nomads maybe you know um maybe the migrants but maybe that's a little too Oof. too on the nose you know but um but really San Diego is a, is a, is a, is a city of migrants like whether it be migrants from another country right. or migrants from another part of the or another part of the country um who end up settling here or maybe the settlers uh maybe the but, uh, but think about how that would have like a national brand identity. If so, if you come and you live here in San Diego, and you you remotely associate yourself a little bit with soccer, and then it's the the team is called the Nomads, and that that name represents what you've done. Like yep. bam, instant yep. fan. And that's and that's a and that's a and that's a team name. That's a brand that's been that's that has history in the city. Mm-hmm. It could just be Bedouins. The Bedouins, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> exactly. Uh, or or let's bring it back to I really loved you know going back to to the, the, the your story of Didicus and mm-hmm. and dude I think the San Diego heel mm-hmm. or the, the whether it be the healers or just the I th- just the heel um, wouldn't that be cool that's I think that's pretty sweet dude and that and and it still covers people come here to heal whether it be again mm-hmm. people crossing the border or people coming mm-hmm. from from mm-hmm. all over the country who come here. Mm-hmm. For whatever, whether they come here for school or for the military, or for whatever else, mm-hmm. and when they get here, they realize they feel healed. They're like, "This is the place I need to be." Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that name encompasses, or the other names too, but but that I really like that too. Really encompasses like that. everybody who, who's who's in San Diego. You know, from from all the different backgrounds. Uh, um, that'd be that's pretty sick. And and you I'm gonna could, add that. I'm gonna add that right now. The San Diego heel. <laughs> that's beautiful. And anytime you can you can add a kind of a a, a a divine element to to a team, you know. I, I always think those are cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some type of you can add some religious iconography to it, and um, mm-hmm. maybe may go the or maybe we do it like our, our mascot will be like a guy that res- like a, an archetype of like Tony Robbins with the little headphone, <laughs> they're like a, the self help gurus. <laughs> See that's the it. Religion. You have the you have you have just the standard canvas as the 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 San Diego Football Club, but then you call you you give the nickname of you know the heel the San Diego heel you know what I'm saying the heels or the you know so that you don't have to necessarily you know the more clandestine the idea is rather than like openly like something that gets marketed from the in from the inception of the team. You know, it, it it can it it'll make it too contrived. But if it's born organically from, from the fans, like you know, the San Diego Heel, you know, um, you know, it's like Barcelona doesn't have the you know Barcelona's are they're the coolest, you know, 
uh, Atlético de Madrid is uh, Real Madrid is uh, uh, los merengues, you know, because they play in white. Yeah. You know, uh, the fucking Atlético is los colchoneros, you know, it's like, it's all based around kind of like the, basically the, the, the when, you know, the amateur history of the team, you know? Yeah. That's why I like the nomads. I the, nomads the, is, the nomads is cool too. Greetings, Grandstanders. Welcome to another delectable edition of Grandstand Podcast. How's everybody doing? It's uh, been a little while since we put an episode out, but you know we had the Super Bowl, and and that kind of that kind of brings pause to everything. Uh, but so, but we're back, and we're happy to be back. Before we proceed and start jib jabbering, uh, let me introduce. My partner in crime, my associate, my 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 uh, my homie, the professor, checking in from New York City. How are you, professor? I'm good. I I was really I was I was curious what that third one was going to be. I was going to say something really mushy and stupid, but I thought, well, I'll just keep it. I'll keep it simple and light. Yeah, I was thinking like other half or something. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. I was, I was gonna, I was gonna go in that direction, but then I thought, no, I'll save it for a later episode. I'll tell you what I really feel about you. Yeah, or that's, how I feel about you. Mm-hmm. That would be better for like the the one a.m. recording. <laughs> see, and I was gonna say something there again, but I'm just gonna keep it to myself. <laughs> uh, professor, how are you doing? Week three of this brave new world. How's how how are you holding up? Uh, good, good, good. Um, we just we all recently just got snowed in, so I think everyone's a, a little bit. Re- well, everyone except for the people who had to shovel all the snow um, is, is feeling rested these days. That's good. Uh, let me know, Professor. How, how have you been engaging in protests? What have you been doing to uh, to keep your protest skills sharp? Um, I have not been engaging in in organized protests, but um, I'm constantly in in dialogue with people, and e- even. One in particular who, who, um, who's from the other side, and um, and I, I see my conversations with him as a kind of a, a personal project where um, I think well I think both of us have a are able to mm-hmm. to to teach each other a little thing a, a little something. Isn't that the damn truth? That's absolutely necessary, and and that is uh, you're right. It's not organized uh, 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 mass protest, but. Um, this 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 is what I'm talking about. This kind of protest, everyday kind of protest. That's 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 uh, equally as important and, and equally as as powerful to create change, right? Yeah, I'd I'd like to think so. Yeah, dude, I I mentioned this t- to you uh, about how in 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 Green Bay, mm-hmm. the town is there's one particular town that is very evenly divided amongst Republican and Democrats, and and so they can't. Um, uh, speaking politics at the bar is just it becomes too volatile. So, um, so all they talk about is the Green Bay Packers. Pretty cool, and huh? It's pretty awesome. But then, 
wouldn't it be cool to espouse your political views and beliefs, uh, like shroud them or hide them underneath the 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 a conversation of of the Packers and 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 the, the the inner workings of the team and kind of disguise your political views that way. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's the next phase for them. You know, using Aaron Rodgers as a uh, a device for my disgruntled uh, feelings about uh, the state of uh, education in America. You think it would work? I could do it, right? Yeah, I th- yes, I think you you could do it, but um, you'd, you'd have to be very, very crafty about it. <laughs> can you write a paper on that so that I can just rip <laughs> it off and plagiarize you and go into that bar and talk about it? Yeah. But let's move on. Uh, something really big happened this uh, this past week: a major announcement by a major uh, grandstander. Uh, Professor, you want to kind of get into that and talk a little bit about that? Uh, I'm, you're Little Mo, Little Mo joining Raider Nation. Correct. Yeah, our cousin Little Mo, who's uh, I think I mean, yeah, I think the most diehard Chargers fan I know. Would you say for you too? Absolutely. Now that the Chargers have left, he he actually he initially so he he made the big announcement on the he had known for weeks that he he picked a new team he was he was going to root for. Uh we actually asked him to come on. He never responded, so he could tell this himself. Um come on today, right? We yeah. we, we 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 said, "Hey, come talk about it." But yeah, okay, continue. Um but uh yeah, so he 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 picked a new team after the Chargers leaving. I think that left a lot of San Diegans or Charger fans with the decision. So what where do we go from here? Do we pick another team to root for? Do we stop watching the NFL, do we have no team, when, you know, uh, and, and he decided he is going to remain a, a fan of the NFL, and he's going to pick another another team to root for, um, and he was, and he, he was going to make the big announcement on Super Bowl Sunday, which, um, and I, I told him this, I'd, like, I was more excited for the reveal of who he was rooting for than, than the actual Super Bowl game, um, <laughs> And then so he picked the Dolphins, and not only did he pick the Dolphins, he already bought a jersey and a onesie for his kid. I didn't know that. I did not know that. A onesie for his for his soon to be born kid. Um, Wait, do you know, do you know want to know what Sarah uh, Sarah wanted to know? Sarah Horsewriter wanted to know uh, if his choice was based on uh, his his love for the movie Ace Ventura or Pace or Pet. What is that? Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura. Oh, that's funny. She says, she says that's the only way she would uh, understand someone following the Dolphins. Anyways, continue. Um, it was kind of, you know, he, uh, I, I don't, I don't think, I'm not sure he received the, the response he expected. I think a lot of us, when he said Dolphins, are just kind of like, huh, like really? Um, and then, um, and then was it yesterday? Two days ago, he. He hit us with a swerve, and he said, "You know what? I changed my mind. Um, I'm not going for the Dolphins anymore. I'm. I'm. Don't ready. say it yet. Don't say it yet. So, uh, Professor, you were part of this this focus group that we had on uh, on uh, what was it like Monday? Yeah, earlier and, this and week. So, if if I if I'm so what what so 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 you'll know what team Little Mo picked after we start this discussion. But um, if you're walking down the street, Professor. And you see a guy with a Raider hat, and let's say in the 
in the in the hypothetical world where the Raiders come play for two years in San Diego, and you are walking down the street and you see a guy wearing a a pretty fresh, a clean new uh, Raiders hat, is it okay to ask them, are you a Los Angeles Raider fan, a Oakland Raider fan, or a San Diego Raider fan? And what was their general response from the focus group? Uh, <laughs> well, there's a few. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's Raider Nation, right? So the Raiders aren't tied to like any one particular city. Correct. So, so, so you're gathering now. So, so what he, what team did little Mo pick? He, he joined the, the, the Raider nation, which is just, which is particularly, um, an interesting pick for him because the Raiders are the arch nemesis, the arch rivals of, of, uh, of the chargers. But then in a real surreal way, it kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does, but it's one of those like to go to start rooting for the team that you've spent so much time hating. Man, to understand the psychology behind that is. How would you if 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 your boyfriend had had left you for another woman? How would you? What would be like the best way to get him back? Um, get with his ex. Boyfriend yeah, or, or girlfriend? Or, or his best friend, right? Or something that is going to like really hurt him. I guess X, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it, yeah, but it's, it's, um, I'm, it's more I'm, complex than that. I think. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at the decision at all. I, I like it, but, um, but I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I, I wish you were on so we could, we could pick his brain about it. Do you think the focus group had something to do with it, Professor? Maybe. Maybe. You know, you, you, it's it's the thing about the Raiders is um, they are kind of a cool team. Like they, and and it's something that we can now admit. Like it's easier to admit it now. Before we couldn't admit it. Um, it's this. It's the same way. Here we go. It's the same way that a Team USA fan knows that Mexico is the shit and their fan base is the shit. You know. Mm, I see where you're going with this. Um. We've always, as Charger fans, we've always looked to the Raider Nation and been like, yeah, it's kind of cool what they've got going over there. I can't believe you're saying this right now. <laughs> what are your th- would you agree that, that, that what Raider Nation has go- always has had going has always been kind of cool? I'll tell you this. After reading about Raider Nation and learning a little bit more about Raider Nation... I, I, I have a new appreciation for them. I don't necessarily think I felt what you were saying, uh, only because you know I, I love engaging in the fantasy of, of hating a rival. So it's kind of like the Raiders is one of those rivals that I love to hate. But it's certainly, I have a new, res- well, yeah, I'm going to say respect. I have a different kind of, a, a different way of, of looking at Raider Nation. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to root for the Raiders. I'm not. No, but it's it's pretty cool that the idea of Raider Nation, Professor. I sent you that 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 wiki article. What did you learn? Well, well, I didn't. It was a fan who coined the coined the term Raider Nation, right? Um, and it makes perfect sense. Like we were saying, in that you know, it it it, it, it had always struck me that that you, that Raider Nation was really 
was was smart branding. I didn't know how um, strategic it was where it, the fan came up with it after they had um, after they went from L.A. back to Oakland. So so basically to to preserve like uh, the fan base that stretches beyond just Oakland or stretches beyond just L.A. Um, you know, from there came the idea of Raider Nation, and of course the NFL <laughs> took over. Um, that's that's what put it over the top. Like the NFL's like, okay, fine, we want rights to that, right? Yeah, they bought yeah. the rights. To they it. bought the rights from the from the fan. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. So I, I I thought that was cool that it was a fan who came up with it and um and did it for the the specific purpose of yeah, we're, we are a team whose fan base stretches beyond um you can beyond even a region you know it's it's you know that that combined both southern and northern california and um and then as you, as you've mentioned you bring in nwa into it right and there was mention of when the team moved to la it's when it when when it picked up a lot of the latino and african american the the black uh, following yeah yeah yeah, and I mean, and that too. So like, Al Davis was really smart in in making sure, like he he wanted the Raiders, the the Raider brand to reflect kind of the working class, uh, the 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 black community, the Latino community, um, the kind of the the you know, and then just this overall just kind of grittiness of of um, at the time of the like the inner city of Oakland. Um, and I think he kind of he captured that pretty well. And and in a way, his teams kind of reflected that as well, right? Mm-hmm. It was like a a rebel uh, allure to the team, right? Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. way they played, I guess, right? Yeah, they were always kind of seen as the bad boys, and then also, you know, consider what also went into it was just the whole kind of the the, the rebellious activist, politically activist nature of of Oakland um you know it it all kind of came together came together really well and and I think when you have that and 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 overall like what the, the what I the reason I always looked to Raider Nation and thought like yeah what they have going there is pretty cool is really just because of the the passion of the fan base um and that's why I think like uh team USA fans probably look to team to to to, to fans of the Mexican team and and maybe and I would assume feel probably the same way like that's cool how passionate their fan bases um and and how much bigger it is too like the the raider fan base is bigger because they cover so much more terrain um than say the charger fan base uh so you know you, you, as as much as you hate them for it you can't help but deep down inside think like man when when, when the opposing team invades your own stadium <laughs> and and they've done a better job at at speaking to people within your own city. I remember in, in middle school, um, kids used to <laughs> literally kids used to walk down through the halls and they would yell back and forth. Like someone would go uh, Raiders and then like other groups of kids would yell back chargers. And, you know, and so they're into, so you have students like, like 12 year olds yelling chargers and Raiders back at each other. Mm, I love it. And, um, but, the, but we're in San Diego. So the fact that they were able to get, and, and this was mostly, um, you know the the Mexican and black students who who felt more connected to the Raider brand. Um, so I mean the Raiders did something really well there. And so when you have game day on Sunday and and Qualcomm Stadium, 
has more Raider fans than Charger fans, it's you you know, you can't help but be a little bit envious. Like, man, I wish we had I wish we could take over. Like, <laughs> when's the last time we've seen Chargers fans take over any other stadium? Or a bar, for that matter. <laughs> so shit, a fucking backyard barbecue. There's always there. There's it's always there's always a guy with a Dolphins jersey, a guy with a Jets jersey. Yeah. But I think we've kind of talked that it has to do with location. People come from all over the place here, right? But. I mean, so they, well, anyways, they do, they do the same to New York, but it's like, it's still fucking giant or jet country there, I'm assuming, right? They don't take that kind of shit, do they? What, what do you mean? Is, is, is it, is, is it, is the, an overwhelming, like, dominating look to the city involve people wearing lots of Giants and Jets jerseys on game day? Like, does, does it feel like when a team comes into town that it gets invaded because there's a lot of transplants? Like, what does that feel like? Yeah, no, I mean, um, you definitely get, have a lot of, in Manhattan, you have a lot of, um, you know, uh, uh, groups from all the transplants um, gather in in bars to root for their, you know, their teams from whatever cities they're from, but, um, and there's always enough of them, like, you go to, they had a Charger bar here that that, uh, we would occasionally go to, or of course the Philly bar and a 49er bar, a Raider bar that like, they're all, they all exist. But, um, as far as like, at wow, Met, that's beautiful. At like Met little Life, embassies. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, at MetLife, no, you're, you're, you're not going to get another team to take, take over any other city. Little Mo said, I'm quoting little Mo. He said, Raiders are a national brand. Maybe it's just me. But when I hear the Raiders, I don't think Oakland Raiders, LA Raiders or anything like that. Just the Raiders. Was that the was that the thought that put him over the edge? It, I think so. I I think yeah. I mean to to which you responded, Raider Nation is pretty great branding. Take notes, future San Diego MLS team. Can we talk about that, Professor? Yeah. I mean, is it is it possible? Uh, can we? Would we be able to establish that with a with a soccer team here? My immediate answer. Would be why the hell not? Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be very difficult, I think, because of uh, the demographics of the typical MLS fan. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, that could that could definitely um, complicate it. I mean, I don't like. I I I think that is that's a something we should be looking at. But it does when I when I think of how it would be executed. Um, it's hard. Like I'm, I'm having trouble thinking how, how, how would could we effectively starting now start planting the seed for that? And I'm not entirely sure. What if you, what if you gave your team a regionalistic flair in such a way like they do in, um, like you know, in, you know, Chivas in Mexico. They they only play with Mexicans, right? Mm-hmm. They only use Mexicans. No foreigners play. Uh, are part there? N- no foreigners ever on the field. No foreigners in their schools. Nothing. It's all Mexicanos, right? And part of why they have such a huge following and such a huge, like not na- not only national but you know like international following, and I'm talking Latin America specifically, um, is the fact that they have this brand. Like they only play with Mexicans. 
people dig that in this globalized, uh, constantly changing reality, right? And something about something being tied to this old idea is is comforting, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a team, uh, Atletico de Bilbao. Uh, Atletico de Bilbao uh, only has um, has a uh, uh, um, God. I hope I'm, I hope it's Atletico. It's one of the Basque teams. They only have Basques. You know, only Basque play on their, on their team. And you have to have been born Basque either on the French side or the Spanish side to play on this team. And when they win championships, I mean, how amazing to, to know that you won with the people of that region. And this, this, this kind of this brand is it's not as big as, as maybe say something like Barcelona is, of course, but nothing is really. But uh, to that's a pretty cool niche, you know. It is. That's super cool. Um, so, so borders, not bridges. That's what I'm talking about. What would be the the what would be the well, boundaries of the region that you, borders, that you would have in borders mind? with well, borders with bridges that go over them? But you know, specifically when it comes to the soccer team, you know. Yeah. Um. The the MLS has these really. Uh, interesting rules about their salary cap and how they move and administer their money. And I can't even begin to understand it. I actually have a hard time understanding all the rules in soccer because soccer is such a global game. One of the reasons they impose all these rules into it is that they want to protect the, the, the national players of that particular league, right? Um, there's, there's a lot of controversy all over the world uh, Mexico is going through that right now where they have these rules of how many numbers of foreigners you can you can put on the field at any given time and some people feel one way about it and other people feel other ways about it and I I don't I don't know how I feel about it uh, other than I I like the idea of of if you already if you already have this um, this regionalistic talent here in San Diego Southern California produces a lot of soccer players. Why not work with the rules of the MLS? And I didn't finish my thought, but anyways, they 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 uh, they keep they make these rules to protect the the national t- the development of national players in each country, right? So so that they don't take basically so they don't take spots for these kids that are up and coming and and progressing through the ranks of each uh soccer league in each country they the the different soccer leagues throughout the world they in, they enact these policies to protect the national talent right um which i think is cool are you into that yeah right um in mexico there's a big crisis right now because because there there are so many foreigners and that's a good thing too if you have a lot of foreigners that means a lot of people want to play in your leagues cuz your leagues are competitive and you're making money but it also, you know, if an, uh, a guy from Argentina is taking the place of a Mexican striker, uh, there's supposedly this, there's going to be a crisis of strikers in the next uh, 66 or eight years for Mexico right. because we're not developing them. Anyways, went on a huge tangent. What I really wanted to say, Professor, is what if through the, the uh, God, I don't know, monolithic rules of the MLS and the salary cap and the amount of foreigners you can bring in and out, what if the new owners or the potential owners of these this new MLS team came up with something that resembled that idea of only bringing players that fit this very specific regionalistic pedigree? 
What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think that is a that is a a cool idea. Um, and what would be? And I'm but I'm curious. What is the? What would be the the What region are we talking about? Or how 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 far would this region expand? Well, <laughs> I would say California, but I think that'd be limiting it because I think maybe maybe I, I also like the idea of the the, the cross border mm-hmm. cross border influx. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I really love that idea of of you know of Mexicanos coming to play in the MLS team. I think it would do a lot for what that fan base would start to look like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but more than anything, I think what I what I what I envision is, or yeah, this is this is like my my like this is like my dream my dream team would be my dream vision for a team would be not so much like I use Atletico and and uh, Chivas as as uh, I guess let's call them extreme examples uh, because you know. At any given time, you're not going to have the talent that you need to be good. So you're going to have to live with the fact that you you can only work with what you got, right? Um, but I was thinking more like Barcelona, right? <laughs> not saying we need to become Barcelona, but hey, kind not? of. The, well, that's true, but that's like saying I'm going to go watch Karate Kid and then I'm going to try to be Bruce Lee. <laughs> uh-huh. Um. I guess eventually I could. It would take a while. So a team that's tied to a regionalistic vision of what it means to be a San Diegan. Uh-huh. What would that look like? So it could have foreigners like Barcelona does. Barcelona is kind of like the the emblem that speaks for the for the, the, the Catalan cause of independence. Which is why it creates so much controversy when they go and play in Madrid, and some of the players don't want to sing the the national anthem, et cetera, et cetera. But it's what if you could create an emblem for the city of San Diego in such a way that it it, it was like it became like a it became the it became the thing that makes us uh, world class or international, as some grandstanders have mentioned. What do you think, Professor? I want to hear your thoughts? Um. That is a really interesting idea, and I, I like it. Um, I think what it would also require would be, and it's something that that uh, times that we've talked before, you've, you've mentioned before, is um, if we really wanted to do this and do this right, maybe we'd have to slow down a little bit, right? Absolutely. To 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 in order to um, to begin that process, that would require. Instead of focusing all our energies on, on this new MLS team and the stadium and all that, it, uh, focus our energies on the um, on the academies. Absolutely. And if if we did that, that would be that'd be something, and and did it right, and and this vision that you that you have came to fruition. The 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 sacrifice would be <laughs> we're gonna have to be really patient about it and it's it's not it's not gonna happen soon um, but the payoff way down the line would be really uh, would be really nice um, and and potential and something absolutely um, absolutely unique we're not absolutely unique but it will definitely for MLS it would be different for MLS hell yeah um, 
you know, are, are, are uh, San Diegans look like they are. Well, dude, I mean, this all ties into when you, you know, little Mo potentially just made a very, a very rash, very uh, emotional decision right now in jumping ship over to the Raider Nation um, and, and San Diegans as a whole. Uh, I think you you kind of have two two things happening. You have San Diegans who are in that state that Little Mo is in, and they just want to jump the gun and let's get the state this MLS team going, let's get the stadium going, and let's go, let's go, let's go, to to fill that void. And then you have other folks who really don't care about the Chargers leaving, but they see that void and they're saying let's let's jump on it now. Um, and and if we rush it the way the way it looks like it's happening, which you know that I I get that too. But I think if we rush it, that that will go against what you're advocating for. Do you think, or or can we do it both at the same time? No, I think the rushing is what is what I would be concerned about. Yeah. If you're if you're already trying to name your supporters group before you name your team, or if you're already, you know, uh, uh, obsessed with uh, what the team color and emblem is going to be, so that when you celebrate, you can do this one thing. You know, uh, so when a goal gets scored, the fans can, I don't know, some, some cheeky thing that we're going to all do when, you know, when Chicharito scores. Because I think that's, that's going to be the first signing. When he's 40. Yeah, when he's 40. Uh, he's, he's going to be the, he's going to be the, the, the player that uh, if there is an, an eventual MLS team in San Diego, it's going to be either him or Guardado. Remember what I said here today, folks. Um, but... What do they say about overnight success? How long does it take, Professor? Overnight. <laughs> <laughs> they say overnight success takes uh, at least 15 years to happen, right? So, like, by the time you you think you just like bam, and then all of a sudden I was this, I was this, I was this this uh, this successful, I don't know, this successful writer. It was because probably for more than 15 years you've been at it, right? Right, you've been doing shit like that. Maybe isn't seemingly related to writing, but it is completely related to whatever it is you're putting out there. Eventually, right? Um, it's like that 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 ten thousand hour rule. Have you heard that? Yeah, like, I, I kind of liken it to that. I also like the story that Picasso was uh, sitting by the Seine in France, and that some uh, American tourist came by and and saw Picasso and was like, "Shit, Picasso!" You know. And she came up to him and she like handed him like a little piece of paper and she says, "Can you just draw anything, something?" And he took uh, he took the piece of paper and he just kind of sketched something really quickly, and he literally like like it like two minutes he sketched something and then he gave it to her and he's like he's like here you go he's like but it's going to be fifteen or twenty thousand dollars, and she thought like he was joking but he wasn't he wasn't he didn't he wasn't give it to her he's just kind of like if you want it I'll sell it to you for twenty thousand dollars you know. And she's like, it just took you like two minutes to draw. And he said, yeah, but it took me my whole life to become Picasso. And I don't know that if we rush something and we start creating little songs and we start thinking of what are TIFOs. Do you know what a TIFO is, Professor? A TIFO? You know in soccer games when they roll out this big like, like flag or blanket or looks like a big gigantic parachute with a picture on it, yeah. some message by the fans. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So we're already talking about what our TIFO is going to look like, but we don't know anything about what our team is going to be about. You know? Um, so I was there at that rally, Professor, 
and at the rally for where the uh, the the owner group ownership owners group presented their formal pro- proposal or basically handing the papers over to the MLS and saying we want to be the 25th franchise of the MLS and so one of the guys walking around there is the Bumblebee Tuna guy the guy who owns Bumblebee Tuna whoa he was there and one of the one of the fellas I was with asked this Bumblebee Tuna guy you know what's the deal who's going to invest in the academies and he supposedly Bumblebee Tuna guy said he was going to he was going to he was going to be basically spearheading that and working on that okay there's money here to do that in San Diego and there's a lot of talent not just on this side of the border but the other side of the border you know there are a lot of kids that play soccer that aren't even in soccer leagues you understand what I'm saying? You yeah. See where I'm going with this? Oh yeah. So, um, why not start with that and focus our energies on what our team is going to look like, not what clothes we're going to put on, and what the tifo is going to look like, and what the songs are going to look like, and what the sta- you know all those things are incidental to if you create an institution that is recognizable because of a specific thing that identifies it as unique like Raider Nation then you know that institution can be much more visible and much more powerful as an edifice than any big huge downtown uh, football stadium or big huge monument to architecture that we can build anywhere what do you think professor yeah, no, and I think I think the potential is is here. It is in San Diego where um the Albion Soccer Club um has been known to have some some good success in producing uh producing a lot of um a US national team players. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's it's here. It's it's a matter of um of really investing in it hard and if 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 uh, going in in the direction that that you're suggesting, committing to this idea of an only breeding, um, homegrown regional talent, um, and if we want to say homegrown, just being that the requirements would have to be, how about just you know, uh, California and both California and and, and Baja. Yeah, I'm into that. Um, and that that could be that could be really cool. In in the, the 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 next step is all right. So how do you um, would would this cast a larger net for for attracting fans beyond San Diego, both fans up through California and then also um, mm-hmm. and then also south of the border? The mm-hmm. issue we have is we have two very well we're surrounded by two very well established clubs mm-hmm. in in the Galaxy and mm-hmm. and um, and the Cholos. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking away from those two fan bases will be extremely difficult. I don't even know if if, if possible. Um, but if at the very least we we had that uh, we, we we had the 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 regional breeding, and if eventually and if we were able to become good enough to where if we could become, we're not even in their in the same. Well, let's just start with the galaxy. Um, mm-hmm. Who are the are the, uh, who is the galaxy's main rival? Do you know? 
Great question. It, maybe uh, it's maybe it's San Jose. I don't know. Like I, yeah, maybe, Portland, you know, whatever, okay, whoever yeah. it is, right? If we could become, and we we have the because of our location, we could really establish. It, but we have to be good, a rivalry with the galaxy, and become their number. Be, so that everyone in Los Angeles, if there's a a team, a fan base that they have a passionate sporting competitive hatred for more than anyone, it's it's the San Diego whoever. Um, and then and then Sal, if we could do that with with the Cholos fans, not even being in the same league as theirs. But but if there's a game that they look most forward to, it's that that border cup game. Oh God, yes. Um, now we've got something going, and and you know you've said it multiple times on this show. What do you enjoy more than loving your team? Me yeah. hating my rivals, hating your rival, and, and and little Mo came to this realization of you know what? I hate the Chargers so much for what they did to me. I'm gonna join, right? I'm gonna join the the absolute rival um that's a much different logic than the the boyfriend uh scenario i painted earlier i like this much better this makes more sense yeah and so um so damn it kudos to little mo way to go little mo you did the right thing yeah and so and 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 so and the reason i bring all that up is because when i'm thinking about this i'm thinking wow this this could be really cool and 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 yeah, in becoming a, a a team that goes beyond just San Diego, those are our restrictions, though. But at the same time, those restrictions could be a. I could see that that you know that could be a bonus. We have we have potential to establish two very very powerful rivalries, and the and the stronger our rivalries are, the stronger our brand uh, becomes. Absolutely, the one argument would be though that LA is going to have another soccer team. Oh, that's right. So that, that that would be like a built-in natural rival, you yeah. know. Uh, but but it, that that's not necessarily a thing, you know. Um, sometimes that doesn't necessarily equal a rivalry when you have two teams in the same city. Uh, it does it does in in you know in 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 Manchester. Uh, it does maybe in a in a. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think what's another big one. Uh, uh, maybe to a certain extent uh, in Mexico, uh, America, and Cruz Azul, but ultimately the rival isn't necessarily in the same in the same town. You understand what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I mean, dude, you could. Um, there is the Subway Series here, right? But um, you ask anyone who they hate more than, you know, what who they hate here uh-huh. in New York, it's it's the Red Sox. Way right. before the uh, any Yankee fan, rather, right? We'll say that before the Mets, um, right? Uh, right. Just and to quote a, a bartender the other like a week ago, uh, he, he was talking to somebody else and he said, "I fucking hate the Red Sox. I hate the Red Sox." And he thought about it. He's like, "I hate the Red Sox more than more than ISIS." <laughs> <laughs> and that when I heard that, I thought, "Now that's fucking hatred for a team." He must really love the Yankees. <laughs> What's the team you hate the most, Professor? Uh, you don't have to say it out loud, but what do you hate him more more than? What is the team I hate the most? Um, whew, it'd be a toss-up between the Dodgers and Team USA. Mm-hmm. And what do you... What, so that we don't get in trouble in this soccer conversation. Um, uh, what do you hate more than the Dodgers? What do I hate more than the Dodgers? I'll tell you what I hate more than the Dodgers. What? Team USA. <laughs> 
So it's not a toss-up. <laughs> when, you, uh, when, you, when you said what, so that's, that is, that's heavy, man, because you're not even talking about what team. They're just like what in, in life. In general? Yeah. And so if it's Team USA, that's, um, that's true hate. That's good. Yeah. Stepping on dog shit is pretty fucking high up there, man. <laughs> um, I went to a USA uh, international soccer match two weeks ago. And I saw some of the supporters wearing uh, bandanas over their faces. What's what's the thing with that, Professor? They're outlaws. And who are they? Are they? It's just the costume. Is that just what it is? Yeah. But yeah. typically, those bandanas over the face are worn by hooligans uh, about to get into some shit, right? So I was looking up at the stands behind me. And um, I I think the outlaws should change the San Diego outlaws should change their name to the South pa- South Park Posse, and they should um, they should rebrand themselves. Um, and I don't really know what how they should do it, but I I I just I was kind of perplexed by the bandanas over the over the face, you know, over the mouth, over the you know, covering the face, you know. Mm-hmm. Because I, I was really worried, like, because are we gonna? Is, is are they about to incite a riot against the five Serbians that are here in field level? <laughs> like, who, who are, who, who are we? F- who, where's the enemy? Is what I kept thinking. You understand? Yeah, but dude, that's when you said that. I wouldn't even if it was five Serbians against twenty thousand uh, American you, outlaws. You, um, Serbians. Dude, Ser- the Serbians, they know how to fucking, you know, their whole beef with the Bosnians, um they know they know how to get down even if it's just five of them. <laughs> uh, it's just funny. I had, I had two days of I had two right. days of USA MLS slash uh, USA slash MLS soccer and I even met Landy Cakes. Dang. Oh. Yeah, dude. That was cool, actually. Um Anyways, uh, the 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 again, I I think I think Team USA and their fans have made like great strides, and I think they 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 put on a good performance for the MLS. I, I kept saying, and I think people in the press kept saying, or or people who know this kind of stuff were saying that they need to put at least twenty thousand. Behinds in the seats so that uh, it, it it was like the, the Garber and the MLS would find that you know uh, find MLS a possibility. So it was kind of like a it was like a it was part of the interview process, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was. They were here, they talked to everybody, and then all of a sudden they're like, "All right, do a performance for us." And 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 I think San Diego delivered. Uh, there was you know twenty thousand fans in the stadiums, in the stadium. Uh, the other. I finally understood why they they only fill up one side one side of the stadium and they leave the other one empty. It's they position it on the opposite end of where the camera is going to be for TV. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me of the props, the NFL props, and all that. And I, I was I was definitely a prop for this MLS uh, uh, cell uh, that occurred that day. Okay, and and so who and so who who goes to a soccer game in san diego like who, who what was the what, what what did the crowd look like to you uh white guys is it predominant like entirely um or mm, yeah i mean families or or like or like uh, not so bachelors? many families 
not so many families. A lot of a lot of dudes about in the twenty four to thirty five age bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, they all I, I do I will give them the fact that they all they all put their gear on. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they they get down that way. I like it. Um, you know, very civil, very civil crowd. Uh, I yelled culero a couple times and. I, I, you know, when the uh, the opposing team player was, you know, faking a, a, a what you call it, an injury, and they would yell culero, and, and and it was like it would take them a little while to engage in it. You know, it's like, oh, this is cool, and then they all start saying culero, culero, and like you could tell, like their soccer, their their soccer game just went up to another level. You know, <laughs> but they were saying cool arrow. That's right. That's right. That's what they call Don. Uh, I'm not going to say his name. That's what they call the number 45, right? <laughs> yeah. Peachy yeah. cool arrow. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So there's that. Um, it's it's a very vanilla, very very nice and passive crowd. I mean, the, the team really wasn't doing much on the field, and the and the rival really wasn't that big a thing either. And and I mean, it's Serbia. There's really no. I mean, it's like hard to build a narrative around that, so it's hard to kind of get people into it. Yeah. But um, you know, Mexico played Iceland, like the the like the C squad of Iceland, and they fucking had forty thousand Mexicans fucking, you know, singing and fucking creating ruckus in Las Vegas on a Wednesday night. Breaking records. What the fuck? Like, explain that one to me. Well, I mean, I, there's no, I, I think there, there's no denying, and I think it's understood, like, you know, the the the, the Mexican fan base is, is on another level. Um, uh, the, the Team USA fan base is, is growing. And like you said, dude, it is, it is making a lot of, I'm, that's, I, to be honest, that's impressive. Like, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm glad that uh, mm-hmm. the amount of people showed up. And um, and and we're passionate. Uh, mm-hmm. That was my curiosity. Was was um, you know, because w- w- that gives us a a snapshot. It gives us a picture of of what the San Diego MLS team crowd will look like. But I think the goal would be, how can we add? So if that's t- if that was twenty thousand people, can we get the other twenty thousand people to bring in a bring some fl- some a different spice and flair to the to the environment? And how and do you we know, and how do we reach out to that? You know, and you know, those um, other folks. Nick Canipa. What, how do you say his name? Canipa. Uh, Canipa. Uh, he, you know, yeah, he talks a lot of shit about the MLS and how, like, basically, MLS coming here is like small-minded San Diego at its at its best again. Mm-hmm. And of course, all the MLSers are really upset. And I, I kind of was like, man. You, Sort of agree, sort of disagree. But he does bring up some great points. And one of the things was that the stadium was only going to be thirty thousand seat stadium, you know, because they want a smaller, more intimate uh, uh, playing field for the fans, basically, so the stadium doesn't look empty. You know what I'm saying? Um, can we fill up a thirty thousand seat stadium, Professor? I think we can. Yeah, I I think that is very possible. Um, so that's only ten thousand more that were there. So I, I, yeah, you're right. Okay. Because Continue. because in that so uh, there's a lot of Mexico fans in San Diego, and they're the ones who weren't at that game that you went to, mm-hmm. and and so the, that's what I'm, the goal is to get them involved uh, into this. The, a lot of them are, are Cholos fans. Mm-hmm. Let's let's sway them here to you know 
a more convenient um a more convenient team to root for but not just a more convenient one but one that they could identify with um so dude i, I was just thinking this this morning and this might be like this might be as like as silly as like saying like oh well if we just print like a bunch of money then like give it to everyone then we can right, poverty right, right. but maybe this is possible um what if our the this soccer stadium and this goes back to um, what we talked about. If was it the last episode or pre- previous episode, mm-hmm. where um, you mentioned the backyard as as mm-hmm. you know being being that's the that is San Diego is, right. the, is the backyard barbecue. Right. right. Would it be possible to do a soccer stadium? And this talk about setting <laughs> us apart from from everyone from not just everyone in the MLS from the world. Damn, if, if we want to be world class, is it possible? to make a soccer stadium with no well there could be seats but mm-hmm. basically make one big park at the park surrounding the entire field and and every, and and everyone's and put free grills. And, and and put grill like, no people cuz we want to avoid making it too like uniform right yeah. or like cuz then then if if the stadium gets to put the grills then mm-hmm. well you know okay no no we can put grills but they can't put iPads on the grills is where we draw the line. No, they'll melt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but if we, yeah, put grills all around. People, you know, sit in can sit in lawn chairs and towel, you know have to put towels. It would be one big barbecue surrounding the field. Uh, is that really stupid? No, no. I would go. I don't give a shit who's playing. I would go. I mean, in the so of course, like. You have to, you know, you, you can you do that and fit thirty thousand people, or maybe it opens itself up to more than thirty thousand people, um, or or maybe not. Maybe it restricts how many people you can you can fit in there. Um, but then also you have people who want to be able to watch the game. So so how to how to create a, an accessible view for people? Um, oh, they can watch it on their iPads. <laughs> yes. Hey. At first, yeah. I thought you were going to say they should build this. They, the stadium should be designed like one big giant barbecue. Well, that that is a dude, That's a good idea too. It's a sense of the architects. Hey, professor, could they fill up a forty thousand seat stadium? The, the game that would be like max, like like in the home opener, yes. Or the, in the game, like the game, the grand opening, yeah, maybe the grand, like maybe the first, the first few games, um, and then after that, it will depend on on their performance. But but which which is why I think it's it's the same model as Petco Park. You know, we we know maybe we need to just come to the acceptance that winning at at sporting games is just not what we do, and so if if that's just not what we do. What can we do to be world class that sets sets us apart and and I think it's it's absolutely ridiculous that we're not a top city when it comes to like tailgating like that's a, we should be the number one tailgating city uh, in the world yeah and how we're not is is crazy how like Kansas how Philadelphia is considered a better tailgating city than us like the an Eagles game over a Chargers game like how can you like? How can a, a a a city in the Northeast with their horrible weather fucking cold beat out San Diego at tailgating? That's crazy. And so, um, 
that's what I think should be our pri- our priority should be how do we create how can we create the backyard barbecue or just you know the tailgating experience in a way that 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 uh, blows everyone else out the water but in a way that's not too too manicured and too um you know i i would I, it'd be nice to to leave open some of the you know some some you know an or, or organic feel to it um but but again this this could be just this might be like thinking like this is just thinking way too outlandishly like like it's just not practical it's not possible but i don't know maybe not I don't know. We'd have, we'd have to talk to an architect. Yeah, let's find an architect. Uh, any architect grandstanders, email us, uh, grandstandpodcasts at gmail dot com. Uh, we need to we need to sit down and talk to you, man or woman. Uh, do do uh, we want to allow balls that get, to get, land on the grills to land on grills? You know, oh, do we want to absolutely right? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You would have converts every like every ship that every plane that comes into San Diego, one or two people would become um, a San Diego uh, football club uh, uh, um, fanatic. Yeah, I think they should keep the name as generic as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, San Diego Football Club. Mm-hmm. You know, and let let the let the, the the nickname come up more naturally. Yeah. That's you know, great, that's a great idea. Just give it a generic name, San Diego, and don't don't reach for some stupid United or fucking this or that. But it's like it's San Diego and it's a football club. Just leave it like that, right? The the great beauty will come from, you know, when you fucking you create you create a mythology around it, then you can start calling it all these beautiful things that will be appropriated by the fans, you know. Not by the fucking MLS coming in there and saying, "Tell us what your name's gonna be. Is it gonna be the Rockets, or the you know, or the Admirals, or whatever fuck other names they've thrown out there?" I'm like, "No, fuck that. No, 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 no. No more fucking, no more kitschy fucking blue sails, the sea, the ocean. It's like we don't need to do that. Let's do something really fucking badass, something different. But let's not rush to do it until we know who this team is. And I would suggest." That if we have a badass academy and we figure out some way of saying San Diego Football Club only will we'll put every single game, we'll put nine players from the academy on the field and we'll let other guys from that we sign from another team or et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, and of course, those players can come from wherever the hell they want to come too. You know what I'm saying? If you're really good and you live in fucking. You live in, in I don't know, in, in Florida and in, in Portugal and you you're like you love the idea of playing at a stadium that has barbecue grills around it and you just want to be a part of the identity of, of, of the fair city of Saint Didicus, then come here, come to our academy, fucking be in this beautiful weather, be in this beautiful town and and become an emblem of the future, my friends. But that's probably not gonna happen. Yeah, well, dude, but I mean, everything about that is, is sounds, uh, you know, the the keeping it basic. I think that's very possible. That that is that's something that that could totally be discussed and agreed on. And, and I think because I think that's a great idea, is to 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 let let the nickname form organically, and over time. And and because I think what is le- like, 
with your original idea um that's that's a, a lot harder one to 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 put into action but it, but it, but if it were the case it's kind of like like the 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 Detroit team that that we've talked right. about right. right i mean do do we want to work our way up into this and 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 let that let that build and 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 i do wonder why we do have you know professional teams at that lower mm-hmm. tier level mm-hmm. what is it you know why why have they not why haven't they picked like why haven't they caught on um maybe if we if we directed some of these ideas at those people at those folks and and let that grow and then let that eventually grow into the MLS team which who knows maybe this maybe we will have no choice but to go this route because we the MLS won't take us this this uh in this um round of of expansion teams so that'll give us years to develop and in that developing period invest in those um in in these lower tier professional teams uh incorporate some of these these gimmicks that we've just discussed build a nice passionate fan base there and then let that team go on to become the the MLS team and then let the MLS come in and tell us we can't do half the shit that we do <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like uh yeah that one game where the fans got really upset at the call and threw their grills onto the field we cannot you can't, we can't that. risk that yeah and you just touched on this point that I wanted to make about how inevitably I think it's it's it I think it's going to happen. One of the one of the things I saw in the Voice of San Diego said that 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 one of the potential one of the potential issues is that this project, the the one that they're proposing for the Mission Valley location, is going to take much longer than yeah. what the MLS is hoping for. Mm-hmm. So that that could be that could create some uh, problems. But I mean. I don't know. Could could they play at Petco for a little bit? You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't think so because those seasons overlap. But it's a possibility. Could they play at USD in the meantime? You know, so I don't see that so much as a problem. But um, but it is a problem nonetheless. I, I just think that what's going to happen is we can sit here and talk about all this, right? And and I think even the supporters groups can get around and say we want the MLS and we want the, the uniform to look like this and when Chicharito scores a goal we're all going to turn around and do like the Chicharito shuffle shake our butts. and then yeah shake our butts but but etc 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 and but then the MLS is going to come in and say okay this is how it works you know and they're just going to basically fucking sanitize the fuck out of everything and you know a lot of us will be left wondering like why the hell did we let these guys in um, hopefully not. Hopefully it'll be fun. Hopefully you and I will be sitting there like really excited when Chicharito scores a goal, right? Yeah, but but the thing is, um, maybe there won't be much to san they, there won't be much to sanitize since there wasn't even a, a long enough period to even like build a culture, right? So which from, is why. So from the onset, it already is a, a sanitized <clears throat> exactly. Which is why I think it's such an appealing city for 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 MLS. There's soccer interest, there's soccer talent, but there's not much that they're gonna have to fight against. It's gonna be like, what do you guys want? And they're like, we want it to look like this. And they're like, okay, you got it, buddy. You, what else do you want? You want this? Okay, you got it, buddy. You know, because it's gonna be pretty fucking standard, right? They're not going to have to push against like they did with the Detroit uh, Football Club, right? Those people were like, fuck you, we don't want the MLS, you know. We got something really cool because if MLS comes in here, they're going to basically tell us that half the shit we're doing we can't do anymore, right? Yeah. 
it'd be cool to see if we can make if we can even build that if we could develop that um, i'm saying as a long shot wouldn't it be cool like if i had like some magical way of influencing the ownership group and saying what if you did this you know um i think even if they all said well i mean they probably think i'm like so fucking naive and don't know anything about how business works in the sporting world but even if they said yeah that's really cool they wouldn't do it because they're not in the business of creating institute lasting institutions they're in the business of bringing a soccer team to San Diego having that legacy but they're not going to fucking like push the envelope and it's like in when it's all said and done it's a business yeah and that's okay but if if you ask me what i think it should look like then this is what i think it should look like and Raider Nation, maybe it could be San Diego, St. Didicus Nation. Mm-hmm. Raider Nation, by the way, great tailgaters. They are? Mm-hmm. They're considered like one of the best in the, in the league. What, what do they do wrong besides <laughs> kill people? <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Like, that's the only thing they do wrong, which, yeah, but they are, they're united. That's, that, that is, I, I hate to keep harping back on this, but, um, but that's a, looking at the new stadium proposal. Mm-hmm. It totally is not leaving room for creating a good tailgating space because they want you to be in the bars, be in the mall. Mm-hmm. It's surrounded by. It looks like it's going to be surrounded by one big mall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a San Diegan, as a person who who has been here almost my entire life, and as a person who would love to give my input. Uh, beyond uh, what the supporters group logo is going to look like, but more into like what what the institution is going to be like. Um, uh, and I guess those things are part of the institution. I I I, I want us to be like Barcelona, um, but that's that's like fucking going to take forever. Um, but it can be done. And but those things take a long, long time, right? Yeah, that's okay. Exactly. And is that what we're ultimately dealing with here, Professor? I think so. And, and don't you think that's like suits San Diego perfectly, something that takes its time? I think so. I think so. And I think when it's all said and done and the people who who built all those... Uh, those bars with the reclaimed wood facades when they all have kids and they move to Poway, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm really curious as to who's going to be left uh, to man and populate those bars. Because um, at some point, the influx of people coming to San Diego will stop because migration stop because things change and patterns change and migrations uh, take a different direction. It's going to stop and those people are going to move out. And, you know, that wood is going to look, look to be reclaimed for something else. Who's going to be left? Right? That's what I want the soccer... That's the people that I want the soccer team to be for. You know? All right. And if you build it around that, then I think you can create something so fucking cool and so unique and so different that it'll, it'll outlive this moment right now. This... this need to have this MLS team now and like let's get it together so we can fucking like so we can we can start so that I can 
so that me personally I can start chanting in the stands with my bandana over my face as opposed to saying let's let's just start rink-a-dink and let's see what happens it could be it could be a lot of fun it could be more fun So we've uh, know this has been a season of periphery, and I wanted to kind of kind of touch. T- talk to that we haven't really forgotten about that but professor i was having this this thought about um the periphery and i thought isn't isn't kind of the mainstream what was considered the mainstream or what was considered the establishment is now kind of on the periphery yeah (laughs) and uh like trying to understand this new this brave new world in in a in a different context uh, being aware how how to approach something you know it's, it's like the nfl had uh Shitty ratings this year. Uh, democracy took a big hit. Um, shit, even the Supreme Court's being challenged. Um, <laughs> respect and common decency are out the door. So all these things that used to be kind of the pillars of what held up this, these, these, um, these, these things we call uh, life, um, they're kind of they're on the fringe now, and uh, that's kind of how rethinking what it means. For something to be on the periphery, we will still continue to profile, like we said, uh, we are, I am committed to finding a mascot and a referee to talk to, Professor, but but um, maybe rethinking this idea of the periphery and um, hopefully today was uh, the, the beginning of, 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 a new, of, a new, of a new approach to, uh, to our grandstandy way of looking at things, as you said, Professor. Anything you want to say, anything you want to follow up with there, my friend? Um, well, I have a couple thoughts on, on that. What you were saying, I thought you were. I was wondering if you were going. You'd mentioned to me about um, about Jason Brennan's uh, three oh. three species of of democratic right. citizens. Right. Um, right. So, in a way, what you're saying is uh, the the hooligans have taken over. The hooligans have taken over. Absolutely. Um, so, Professor, there's the Hobbit, hooligan, and Vulcans. The Hobbit is uh, basically mostly ignorant, apathetic about politics, has fucking very little knowledge about the relevant world or national history. This guy is typically the non-voter. The hooligan is the guy who ignores evidence and research. (laughs) Political opinions uh, form part of their identity. They have contempt for those who don't, that, that disagree with them. These are typical voters, active political participants. Um, the Vulcans, professor, I think this one's talking about you. They think scientifically and rationally. Their opinions are grounded in social science and philosophy. Confidence is only as strong as the evidence allows. They're able to defend opposing views, uh, um, points of view, interested in politics, but dispassionate to avoid bias, uh, being biased or rational and lack of contempt for those who disagree with them. 
Are you a Vulcan, Professor? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, but yeah, in 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 that, what you're saying, um, the 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 hooligans on the periphery of, you know, have they taken over the game? They have. They have because the political opinions form part of their identity, and they fucking hate anyone who doesn't agree with them. Um, and that goes for the people on the left and the right, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what put us here. So, you see, Professor, everything is political. And the reason why we want to keep grandstanding on uh, a grandstanding level is because we're going to turn every fucking sports story of the next two weeks into something political and tie it back into the, some of the ideas that we've been talking about for a long time. Uh, identity, regionalistic aspects of things, and uh, why the fuck, um, why the fuck, uh, Aaron Rodgers is now the new political uh, machine for explicating uh, the decline of Western civilization in that bar in Wisconsin. So God save the Queen, and um, get to work, and check out uh, California secession. was a song called Arrest the President. Contemporary music, a hit with the kids, it was a top 10. I wasn't pop then, so I missed the bus a bit. But politics, it was on everybody's hot this summer list. And the cool kids were all rocking votes. I shit you not, I was pistol whipping cops for hip hop. On my soapbox, yelling into megaphones. Killing hard rocks, using carcasses as stepping stones. Had a promise that I'd stop holding my marches. The day that Chris Columbus got crucified in golden arches. My pedestal was too tall to climb off. In fact, that's the reason for the high horse. And from up here, I see marines and hummers on a conquest. Underdogs with wonder bras and a push-up contest. All for the sake of military recruitment It fell at Kent State the way they targeted the students I galloped off, whistling Ohio The rest of them stuck doing stand-up at a cricket convention Who would they die for? Is it the same machine that leaves equality a black war? An abominable colony of cyborgs Clocking up the property that I want with eyesores Now it's whistleblower versus the pistol holder Case dismissed, they'll lock you up and throw away the key witness Justice is the whim of a judge, check his chest density It leaves much room for error, and the rest left to destiny The West Memphis Three lost paradise It's death penalty versus suicidal tendencies All I wanted was a fucking Pepsi Institution, making you think you're crazy is a billion dollar industry If they could sell sanity in a bottle, they'd be charging for compressed air They're marketing healthcare Welfare, middle class eliminated, rich get richer till the poor get educated. But some of y'all still haven't grown into your face, and your face doesn't quite match your head. And I'm waiting for a brain to fill the dead space that's left. You're all give me ethnicity or give me dreads. Trust a funny and rebel without a cause for alarm. Cause when push turns to shove, you jump into your forefather's arms. He's a banker, you're part of the system. Off go the dreadlocks, in comes the income, the briefcase, the, the sickness, the symptoms. When the cameras start rolling, say the fuck out of the picture, pilgrim. The, the sickness, the symptoms. When the cameras start rolling, slow down, Gandhi, you're killing them. Mr. Save the world, spare us the details. Save the females from losing interest. 
And miss save the universe? You're a damsel in distress Tied down to a track of isolated incidents Generalize my disease, I need a taste of what it's like Living off the fat of kings, I play the scab at your hunger strike Hunger strike, hunger strike, hunger strike Slow down, Gandhi, you're killing them. One love, one life, one too many victims. Republicrat, Democrat, one party system. Media goes in a frenzy. They're stripped of their credentials. Presidential candidates can't debate over this instrumental. Let them freestyle. Winner takes all. When the music's dead, I'll have Ted Nugent's head hanging on my wall. Kill one of ours, we'll kill one of yours. With some friendly fire. That's a funny term. Like civil war. Six in the morning, police at my crib. Now my nights consist of two toothpicks and eyelids. A crucifix and vitamins. Music that is pirated new flavored food made of mutated hybrids uh, they tell me that it's not that bad it fucks you up good but it's not that bad they hold on to these tails till it's the dog that wags god save us all if he lets the cat out the bag who's the one to blame for the strain of my vocal cords who can pen a hateful threat but can't hold a sword it's the same who complain about the global war but can't overthrow the local joker that they voted for they call the shots but they're not in the line of fire i call the cops but they break in the line of duty Let's call a stop to the abuse of authority The truth keeps calling me And I'ma live to tell the story So look for truth, quit seeking forgiveness You need to cut the noose, but you don't believe in scissors You support the troops, but wearing yellow ribbons Just bring home my motherfucking brothers and sisters Cause they don't call the shots But they're in the line of fire I'd like to call the cops But they break in the line of duty it's time to call a stop to the abuse of authority The truth keeps calling me And I'ma live to tell the story with your arm, come away with me.